Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. My name is Stephanie. We started, uh, you guys can sit. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> we started coming to Love Quest last April. Um, we had kind of been church homeless for about two years and we were flirting online with love quest and a few other churches just trying to see where god wanted us and truthfully we didn't feel like it was this far out but we had to be obedient to where um, god was leading us and last april we made a decision that love quest would be our home and then in august <laughs> yeah it was awesome so in august we actually became members and we knew that we wanted a church that we could go deeper um, in and we could hear from God in a different way than we ever had before. And so if I back up my story a little bit, eight years ago, we lost um, our son in a really tragic car accident. And then right after, three months after that, I was told that I would never have any more babies again. And so we have a 15-year-old daughter now, Piper, and we were welcomed into Love Quest just like open arms, like Andrew said, like everybody hugs you and loves you and you feel like your family right away. It was intense and it was beautiful and we just knew we were meant to be here. And then they announced something called prayer and fasting and 21 days of prayer and fasting. We were like, what the heck? What is this? We've never done something like this before. Like this is gonna be hard. And so we embraced it. We followed the rules of um, the, the food we came and prayed and there was an evening where Pastor Terrence was talking about opening the wombs of women. And I was praying for my friends and their infertility journey and I was not praying for my own. I was not, never thought again after I'd been told I would never have babies again. But here I am, five months pregnant. <laughs> for this time uh, in our lives to be loved by everybody here. There is no place that we would rather call home at this time and in this part of our journey. And so we thank you. We thank you, LoveQuest. We thank you all for like the sacrifice of time, your love, your talents, and for every single person here. I, I really do say that this church has really become our home. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So, I'm a, I'm a, we're, we're celebrating five years, so I'm going to try to keep myself together. I know I, for some of you, you don't think it's your anniversary, but if we didn't make it, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be in this building, shall I say. And you wouldn't be about to have your life changed forever. And uh, I wish I had the time to talk and testify and do all that stuff. 
but I want to I want to share a word because we promised that a 10 a.m. service would be 90 minutes for all the people who love short services. Yeah, that's a harvest, right? That's a harvest. So uh, I will say this. Okay, we're going to get it to you at 10 a.m. Now, it's going to be a little longer than 1130 a day, but why? Because it's our anniversary. Amen. All right? Ain't nobody going to shut your birthday party down early, so you're not going <laughs> to shut mine down. <laughs> um, but when we get back to the regular flow of things, we are going to do our best to keep it at 90 minutes. How many people have heard of the revival that's happening out in, um, in the United States at the college? Right. The part that grieves my spirit is there's people flying there to go there. And we're excited about what's happening in the States. And God broke out in our church a couple weeks ago. I'm trying to tell you Canadians that you don't got to go to the, to, to the United States for revival. God is trying to do something right here. The part I'm grieving about and trying to figure out, Lord, we're in a part of the world that does not like sacrifice. So we'll watch God moving how he did in our church the week of revival. Every single night, he healed, delivered, and set free. What they're experiencing in the States. But the stamina it takes to host the presence of God from generation to generation takes a people that are willing to lay certain things down in their lives so that the next generation can be better off. And so I'm in a, I'm in a struggle right now, like God, what you want to do. The first thing I heard was we will have revival week, which is every single day worship and prayer once a quarter. That's, that's exciting. The part that's not exciting is when you know what he does when you meet every day, but then you can't get people to meet every day. So now I'm trying to wrestle with the Lord. Do we just take whoever shows up, but we will be here every day? I got, I got a son to go see ball. I got, I got to go visit family. So it doesn't mean that I'd be here every day. But if I'm not here, it will not be because I want to stay home. It will not be because I just want to go. Do. There comes a place in time in your life where you got to give God like you got you got that one year, that four months, that two months out of your life. You just gotta, you gotta do it, because everything you're doing, you have to understand, is not just for you. It's for children. Like, 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 this family was told they would not and could not get pregnant, and through the power of the word of God, spoken in a moment, and says your womb is opening. Yeah, patty cake, patty cake, bakers, man. A dead womb was made alive. Patty cake, God is alive. Come on, man. Woo, woo. Somebody, God was looking for a womb to bring the next prophet in the earth. To bring the next evangelist in the earth. 
It's why the world don't want to fool with us because we ain't excited about our own Jesus. When I say the name of Jesus, all you light-skinned people need to turn red and all you dark-skinned people need to turn purple. Change got to happen. Come on, man. Like, like we pray for this stuff. God does it and we like, woo. She loses a child in a car accident. That's the part I think people, they didn't hear. They heard, but they didn't hear. The trauma. To lose a child and then say, if you wanted to make up for the child, you can't even have one. So it's not just about her getting pregnant. It's about God hearing the cries of a mom. It's about God saying, no matter what the enemy did in your bloodline, I still got to get a child in your life because I got a promise in your family. Lord, give us eyes to see. Give us eyes to see. We're not just celebrating five years, but we contended for five years for miracles to happen. I can't do dead church. I'm sorry. I can't do dead church. I was, I was lost. I was dead. I was in the club. I was drunk. I was high. I was dead before, and dead is not cool. And especially being dead around life where life is available, that ain't cool. So y'all going to have to pray for me today because I'm excited. Maybe you wasn't the immigrant who was asked to plant a church in another country with no money, no network, no denominational support. Five years later. And then, and then after that, you asked to we go through a pandemic. You asked to go through a pandemic. Two years later, we're young. We need a big, we need an organization to help us go through. Really, do we? This ain't just five years. This ain't, this ain't five years. This is a family leaving a country and leaving everything behind to help another church and that don't go the way planned. So we found ourselves stranded in Canada and before we went home we wanted to make sure our assignment in Canada was up before we left Canada because this ain't what God told us was going to happen eight months in it goes sideways after we leave everything we pull our kids out of school and we leave everything to go to a land we don't know nothing about And then the voice of the Lord says, Love Quest. What about Love Quest? Love Quest has been a basketball camp. It's been concerts. It's been outreaches because he gave me that name in 2008. And I didn't know what the heck it was. And then he said, Canada, now's the time. And I just asked a few little people around me from Natalia, Carolyn, um, the Swains who thought they was just going to help us out for a little bit. We have uh, and my children 
and five, and then, and then two years later, they just say, yeah, we'll trust you. I get five months behind on rent with three children, another country, and due to my work permit, I can't work. I'm only led in this country to do this. First of all, thank God for making my purpose clear. <laughs> right? And then, but my wife has an open permit. She can work, but we didn't come to this country for me to be primarily building a church and she go to work and our kids are raised by other people. So by faith, we was like, no, we building this church together. We get five months behind on rent because the job that brought us here, we don't have that no more. But God knew before the landlord we needed because he knew we was going to need understanding and grace. This is a Sikh man. And he says, hey, I said, he said, hey, uh, Terrence, uh, you're five months behind on rent. I said, yes, I know that. And he said, you think you could pay it back? <laughs> Absolutely. I'm a faith man. Here's, here's how faith works. I'm not five months behind because I was being reckless and irresponsible. I'm five months behind because that's where purpose drove me. Five months behind was on my, it was on my, it was on my, it was on my path. And he said, okay, well, since you could pay it back, I also need to raise the rent. You think you could do it? I mean, if I think I could pay it back, I think I can, whatever. Yeah, sure. And before you know it, time after time, God provided. Before we left that house, uh, we... Before we left that house, we caught up, it was on time, and to this day, that landlord texts and say, how you guys doing? Yeah. Right? To raise a church that can hire a brother. Right? That could take, take care of the family. Um, to going from New West to Strathcona to Bez to finally having a place where we can have revival past midnight and, and the cops don't call, ain't calling on us. Or... So for me, five years is a lot because this five years, God, we has been, every step has been by faith. And God supernaturally provided for us. And not, but not one moment were we afraid. Not one moment did we consider to leave. We focused on what he said. Seek him first in his kingdom. We focused on souls. And through all the purging and through all the persecution, all the hate and all the... We're standing and pandemic comes and our leadership is proven. Um... And we've been doing nothing but standing on the word. I got a mighty woman of God as a wife. Hey. Right. right, he works it out. The stuff that people don't think about, our daughter is trying to leave the moment we get here because she's like, why y'all take me away from America? She's experienced racist remarks at school as a child from teachers to and uh, having those conversations with our children and our daughter saying, you made a mistake. And 
those are the things that people in the church don't know. They just think, you know, preach what we want to preach, sing what we want you to sing, stop when we need you to stop. But you don't know what it takes for us to even get to the pulpit on Sunday. Right? Most people in church think it's about them. It's really about him and us. Right? But five years is not five years of preaching and counseling. It's five years of God. You got to show yourself strong so my children know that the sacrifice was worth it. Right? So things from a community coming together to get my son to do something that rarely ever happens and he's ineligible, then eligible, then ineligible, then, then eligible. And what you know what I found out the other day? There was a coach that said, thank you, because our push for Malachi's eligibility got a lot of other kids eligible. Because they had to. they like, well, if we're going to let him go, we got to let some other people go. Then you got a daughter the same. Come on. Come on. Then you got a daughter the same one who wanted to leave so badly. God sends her friends and, 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 and community, and um, now she's leading worship. And, and man. Why are, you, why are you talking about your family? Because our children help plant the church, right? And so if it wasn't for them being gracious while we care about other people's families, right? Time is taken from them. Finances are taken from them. And so I better pause and thank my children and my wife. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. And then before I go, I can keep thanking everybody, but I want to thank, I'm glad Uncle Willie and Lisa made it down. Yes. Uncle Willie. Uncle Willie, being the adventurous that he is, he, uh, he moved down here first. He used to travel with a team called the Harlem Crowns, right? Yeah, and it was a traveling team that did a lot of outreaches. And uh, his wife back there, she, uh, they met, they got married. First time I'm, I came here was on this tiny, tiny little airplane. Because they live up in Williams Lake. And, uh, and then I couldn't wait to go home. And then a couple years later, um, or a few years later, my uncle still, he's a networker. He plays hoop. He's how old are you, uncle? 60, 68, still on the hoop court. And, uh, and so, <clears throat> and uh, he was in, connected with a group of, uh, um, uh, a community in um, Bella Bella. That's on the North Pacific coast. It is an island of uh, an indigenous community. And because uh, his wife is an indigenous woman and they, they <clears throat> stay connected. 
And this year they were having a tournament. They always had a basketball tournament called the Reggie Moody Classic. And they wanted to do something different, and they wanted to bring up a team from the States. And so I was like, man, but I'm too old to be just traveling to play basketball. I was in ministry. So can you give us an opportunity to do some ministry? And they were like, yeah. So they flew 13 of us up here to play hoop, do ministry. It was crazy. It was packed. It was fun. And then that was the start of things. And then I went and did something at my uncle city and somebody was there. Their nephew heard my music and came back to a church here and told their pastor, you need to bring Terrence Richmond here to do some music and preach. And that took about a year. And in that process, Carolyn was there. Carolyn was there. She was their secretary as well as all part of their worship team. And about two years passed, but in the midst of all that, I found myself on uh, in the Victoria Day Parade on the winning float of the year for the mustard seed doing hip hop. Uh, on, like, man, I'm this, this big old black dude just on this truck, just traveling through Victoria downtown. I'm like, God, what am I doing up here? I found myself in Williams Lake. We were doing a concert. The mayor of Williams Lake came in as she was waiting for her children to get out of hockey and she was like oh my god our community needs this let's connect the mayor williams lake brought me out again to do something i found myself on her float um kid you not i was on her float um during the what's the 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 what's that yeehaw that uh stampede up in williams lake yeah all right now, I need y'all to follow my journey. Y'all can have a seat. I need y'all to follow. Trust me, you, you will, right? We'll get excited again. Look. Uh, and when I was there, I stayed with the mayor. Understand, that means a lot because I'm, I'm, you have to understand, unfortunately, being in this skin, we're not just allowed to come in and out of people's houses that don't look like us. Especially like, hey, I'm going to work. You could, you could drive my car around town, my husband. And then, and then the wife is the one that let me in. But then the husband come home. And this black dude is on this couch. <laughs> you, so y'all want to understand. But I'm just saying, but you got to understand I'm tracking the favor of God on my life. Right? So then we go to the stampede. And I get a little backstage access because I'm with the who? I'm with the mayor. So then the mayor takes me over to the prime, what is her name? The premier, Christy Clark. This was, I don't know, nine years back, 10, something like that. So I, I'll show you the pictures one day. I'm, with, I'm like, okay, well, she think I'm important. I think she important. We're going to take this picture. <laughs> I'm taking this picture with Christy Clark. I don't live here at this time. And then she calls over Carrie, uh, Price, hockey player. Y'all know him? Yeah. yeah he, <laughs> I take a picture with Carrie Price. And I'm at the stampede back there with the cowboys and the cowgirls. I'm like, Lord, what are we doing? <laughs> and from there, time after time, from Bella Bella to Clem 2 to Victoria to... Um, Williams Lake, Dawson Creek, Creston, Cranbrook, on and on. God's bringing me to these little places, not knowing that uh, 
he's starting to give me a heart for this country. And then one day, through a church, they were like, man, you ever thought about being here? To make a longer story shorter, they presented an opportunity for us to move here to help them replant because they were kind of going down. And uh, we came and did that. We were faithful over that. But when we got here, things absolutely changed from what they promised. So when people ask, we didn't come here to plant a church. We came here to help another church. And you can ask my wife. I tried to get a brother LoveQuest name. I tried to give him all the visions and all the ideas. And every time he shut it down and was like, you're trying to take over our church. Like, get my stuff back, man. I'm not, I'm not, it, but God was protecting. Sometimes God will use, listen to this. Sometimes God will use people misunderstanding you to protect you. So sometimes not being seen by certain people is a blessing. So all that to say is things drastically change really quickly. When I was visiting, doing a concert for History Maker, I brought my drummer from the States, but when I moved here, I couldn't keep bringing my drummer. But back, back at my booth, there was this young man at the age of 15. How you doing, sir? Um, if you ever need a drummer, I will be glad to play drums for you. Here's my business card. Now, the backstory is his mom told him, because they're raising him up to be a mighty man of God, get you some business cards printed so you can give them to the speakers. That was Caleb. And I don't know, a few months went by, I asked him to be my drummer. So through rehearsal, I had to contact his manager, Elder Roseanne. <laughs> And then when we had our rehearsal, his dad picked him up. And then they're of Chicago, and we start hitting it off and not knowing that God was doing something in their story. And the timing, we didn't see God merging us together. And I asked them to help, and they say, sure, we don't know what we're about to do. We're transitioning out of a church, a very prominent church, and uh, we'll help you out. Grace thought she was going to be on her uh, fight the power tour. Uh, so she was sizing me up. Caleb was stuck in between two places. Adam was, but we had 11 people, including our five, my family. And uh, when God says something, no one, it doesn't matter if people like it or not. God will send the people that he molded to fit around what he's called you to do. And if you can endure the dislikes, the hate, the frustrations, the pandemics, all those things come to prove you. The pandemic proved our leadership and our church. For some churches, the pandemic crum caused them to crumble, leaders to crumble. But I thank God for that time, and I thank God for the persecution. I thank God for all the people that tried to make me change who I was. There were things I had to change. 
but I understand the things that people wanted me to change was the very thing that God needed this country or province to need, the new thing. Like, we thought Tesla was scary and whack until you got one, and now, right? The new thing is very hard to get used to, but I'd much rather be a new thing persecuted than a common thing accepted and never evolving. So since I took some time with that, I came up here with two ideas. And I think I'm going to save one for tonight. And I am going to give you this one thought I had because that's all I have time for. Tonight we're going to hop back into pop culture. Because I feel there's a, there is an unusual praise in this house today. That is going to compel us into not the next five years, but the next five generations. So <clears throat> I was thinking about something last night. I was thinking about our game the other day. By the way, good to see you, Drew. Yeah. And your fiance. Welcome to Love Quest. Um, I was thinking about something, our game the other night. It was a very ugly game. Very ugly. Say ugly. This is a thought fresh from last night, and, and I really hope this helps you. If I miss the mark, then I miss the mark, but I feel like this is going to help some people. <clears throat> it was a very ugly win. Before our team was last year to where it was, where it is this year, and the first game of the season that we lost was an ugly game, and we lost at the end. So in the timeout, we had another opportunity to not say, uh-oh, but be like, oh, yeah, opportunity to grow, redeem ourselves, make corrections, focus in. So the history of pain does not repeat itself. Okay. We, don't, we don't get five years without paying attention to the places that God allowed us to experience loss, hurt, and pain without when they reoccur in a different form, we overcome. So we ended up pulling that game out. We won. And, but it was ugly. It was tough. I missed a couple layups. I'm talking about wide open. I, di- I did what I came to do. Anytime I can get the man that I'm guarding to sub out before me and start complaining to the ref, I'm winning. It's personal for me. I want to be like Ray Lewis. I want to be the attacker, not being the one always on my heels. And so when you, and then during the game, when you get your man, you guard and be like, dang, bro, you won't stop. Chill out. I love to hear my opponent say, chill out. And so I'm undefeated in that area right now. Because there's a game within the game. There's a game within the game. <clears throat> so I came, I came with this thought, and you probably heard of this before. A win is a win. 
I want to read this scripture, 2 Kings 5. You probably, 2 Kings 5. I began to think about some people in this room right now who have you've boxed in your miracle you've boxed in your family changing you've boxed in what you're believing for and you've boxed it in to how you think it should happen you've minimized God's ability to your limited ability to imagine it could happen any other way than what you think it should happen So God has to work within your timing. He has to speak only through you. A healing only looks like this. And we have put limitations on what God can do when his word says what is impossible with man, it is possible with God. He is the God of the impossible. And we would see a lot more miracles if we remove the barriers that we see. The family members you want saved, the healing you want to see happen in your life, the transformation you want to see happen. You would be able to be more patient if you could accept God's form, process, and way of doing things. But a lot of times we faint because it didn't happen when and how we thought it should happen. And you're trying to be God's God. And at the other end of the day, I heard myself saying, man, I missed a couple layups. And then on a good team, what they're going to say, man, that's okay. I love playing with Drew. He's a great addition to the team. Why? When during the game, I was like, my bad. He'll make a pass or somebody make a pass. Like, my bad. I missed the shot. He's like, that's okay, man. Keep shooting. Some of y'all missed that. When you're playing with teammates that say keep shooting. When you're down on yourself, you're playing with people that say keep trying. I, I don't know when the shot is going to fall, but I'm not going to find out when the shot going to fall if I don't keep what? Shooting. Right? It, do, it doesn't matter if the miracle comes the way I think it should happen. I am going to keep on believing. I'm going to keep shouting. I'm going to keep praising. I'm going to keep standing. I'm going to keep coming to the altar. I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep sowing until it happens. Say until it happens. Right? And then when you let go of how you think it should happen and when, then all of a sudden the blessing interrupts you. Here, when the blessing interrupts my waiting, here's the example. She's like, I'm, I got pregnant believing for somebody else to get pregnant. Some of you would get yourself healed and set free if you took the attention off of you and believe for somebody else. He said, man, I was just here fasting and praying for my friends to get pregnant. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm. <laughs> when God interrupts, when, when you have finally rested in the fact that, okay, 
when you finally adjusted that this is how life may be and I am cool with it. But I believe somewhere deep down inside, she still was like, oh, but I wouldn't be mad at you. Right. But 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 understand this, man. We have to take the limits off of God and we have to take the limits off ourselves. Scripture says it this way. Naaman was general of the army under the king of Aram. He was important. Say he was important to his master. Say say he was important. Say I'm important. Look at your neighbor. Say you important. He was important to his master who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to Aram. All right. All right. He was important to his master. Who's my master? Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm important to my master. And who held him in the highest esteem because it was by him that God had given victory to somebody else. See, this is why you can't limit yourself because you don't understand how you're contending See, you, some of y'all in here mad at God, giving up on God because he ain't came through for you. But look around you at how many people you was believing for that he has come through for. Can we just praise him for breaking through our friends and through our family and through our city? Can we praise him for blessing somebody else? wait on Jesus, but I'm going to praise him for what he's done for somebody else. Come on, come on, stop, 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 stop. Say, he was truly a great man. Hey, 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 it started with the business card, though. Hey, hey, look, God has already put people in places he's sending you. It's on the go. That's why the word is go time. So much, so much more is going to come on the go than on the pause. The pause is to prepare you for the go. Ah! Come on, say truly great man, truly great man. He he was truly a great man. And when the Bible say truly, guess what it means? Truly, truly a great man, but afflicted with a grievous skin disease. Shut up. He was great with a disease. So, so much of our greatness is, is only because of what we have or what we don't have, who we know or who we don't know. But the Bible deemed him great with the disease. <laughs> He's great with an infirmity. Joseph found favor while he was a slave. (laughs) And you keep trying to get rid of this thing so you 
can identify yourself as great. But what if I told you you was healed before the healing manifested? Right, true greatness is you can, uh, 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 you can hold these two tensions together. I can play in a game with a sprained ankle. Now, now I, now, like heart is tested all the time, but heart is truly, in te- truly tested when I am continuously moving with an affliction. This brother is great. Not just great, but what? But afflicted. And somehow we like, God's only moving if I'm great minus affliction. I can only get accepted if I'm great minus the felony on my record. <laughs> I can only get, be, be great if I get the doctorate from this school. I can only make it to the NBA if I go to this college. And so what we do is we waste a whole lot of time trying to get where we think is great in order to feel great, look great, but on the inside have not yet accomplished great because our soul is not prospering. He says, Naaman went straight to his master and reported what the girl from Israel he says had said well then go what's the what's the what's the anniversary thing it's go time he's great he's afflicted and the instructions is go said the king of Aram his king said go I'll send a letter. (laughs) The Bible says he sent his word to heal our disease. I'll send a letter of introduction. Like, hey, this is my son. The letter to the disease. This is my son. This is my daughter. And I am sending a letter from the court to show you they are not guilty. So this sickness is illegal because they are free from. By his stripes, they are the healed and not the sick. So am I the healed and not the sick when I am sick? But we don't believe that scripture because the way we act is I'm only healed if I don't see signs of sickness. And I'll send a letter and he says to the king, so he went off. What did he do? He went off. Taking with him. So you're not just to go. But when you go, you got to take a sacrifice. And 10 sets of clothes. It it sounds like like either these clothes are a part of the offering, which doesn't make sense with this, or these clothes is him saying, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving unless you bless me. So I'm packing 
Naaman delivered the letter to the king of Israel. The letter read, when you get this letter, you'll know that I've personally sent my servant Naaman to you. I love this because he didn't suggest anything. His letter is the endorsement or the the signature, but the he's co-signing. He is. He says, "Heal him." He didn't say, "Can you please?" When the king of Israel read the letter, he was terribly upset, ripping his robe to pieces. He said, am I a God with the power to bring death or life that I get orders? So this was an order. He's trying to teach you how to pray. In the Bible, when you place a order or a demand on God, it is not disrespectful. You're not trying to punk God. He's already given you his word to throw back at him. So if he says by his stripes, you are the healed, then me going to God and say, God, heal me. What I'm saying is make me what you said I am. Well, when the, it's like going to the drugstore and saying, hey, give me a pack of cigarettes. Is that rude? No, you place a demand on something they have. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was told he was upset. Say he was upset. He was upset. And this is where the world, the, the world needs to understand. The, the, one man sent the letter to the man of, to, 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 because there's a prophet in the land. The, the, city, the city has to know there's a church with power. During the pandemic, when people can't get in the hospital or while they're waiting to get in the hospital or when they go check into the hospital and get sent home because all they got is COVID then there has to be a church available where the power of God is and people start knocking on the doors of the church. There used to be a day where people were looking for prophets and looking for the church for healing. Because not everybody in certain places have insurance. <laughs> all right. All right. I know we taken care of here, though. What's going on here? That king's trying to pick a fight. That's what. Elisha, the man of God, heard what had happened, that the king of Israel was so distressed that he'd rip his robe to shreds. He sent word to the king, why are you so upset ripping your robe like this? Send him to me. There has to be a bold church to say, send him, send him over to me. There, there's, there's, there's power. So he'll learn not of my ministry, but he'll learn that there's a prophet in Israel. In other words, there's God in Israel. There is God's hand in Israel, and God is ready to move in Israel. And he sent a representative. So Naaman, with his horses and chariots, arrived in style. I love that they put he arrived in style. Because this is very important to the, the big, the, the, what, I, what, what I was saying, right? He's arriving to impress and stop at Elisha's door. Elisha sent out a servant. Wait a minute. I only heard that healing can happen through the prophet. Elisha sent out a servant to meet him with a message. And the servant, not Elisha, the servant 
said, go to the river Jordan and immerse yourself seven times. Seven, the number of com for completion. Wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't bring all this offering for your servant. But let's go back to the thought. He approached him, he approaching for healing the way he wanted to happen. So look what happens. He said, go dip seven times and your skin will be healed and you'll be as good as new. Whoever this is for, God is not trying to just restore. He's not just trying to, I dare you to begin to change your prayers. Lord, no, 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 I don't want to be healed. I want to be made whole. Place a demand on wholeness. Now, Lord, I don't want you to get rid of the symptoms. I want, you, I want, I want, I want, I want brand new. Right? I want to come back stronger. I want to come back fresher. He said, he said, this brother had skin that was like baby skin. Naaman lost his temper. Like some of us have. God, why are you taking so long? Why are you doing it this way? Why I got to go to the altar again? Why I got to go to the evening service? Why I got to fast and pray? Right? All these why, 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 why? That just came up in my spirit. I'm sorry. <laughs> he spun around saying, I thought he'd personally come out and meet me. You see? And God touched his prophet and said, you ain't going nowhere. Send your servant. I thought he would come and do it. Call on the name of God. Wave his hand over the disease spot and get rid of the disease. The Damascus rivers, the Bana and the Farpar are cleaner by far than any of the rivers. So not only did he want the man of God to come and touch him, he also wanted to pick the pool. Hey, hey, if your doctor say diet, guess what you got to do? Diet. If the prophet tells you that you need to chill for seven days from this then guess what you if God says you got to cut TV off or man if you want your healing however it whatever it takes guess what a win is a win why not bathe in them I'd at least get clean he thought the clean water was going to make him clean he thought the easy route was going to make him clean but what God is doing in these days, what don't make sense is what you will be faced with. He stomped off mad as a hornet. But his servants caught up with him. Thank God for people that won't let us give up. I'm, I'm glad I got people that won't let me give up. I'm glad I got a wife that will not let me give up. Father, if the prophet had asked you to do something hard and heroic, wouldn't you have done it? So why not this simple wash and be clean? But you also have a servant or a friend that sees what you see as difficult. They see it simple. We need friends with revelation. <laughs> so why not? He says so. So he did it. He went down and immersed himself in the Jordan. How many times? Seven times. Following the orders of the holy man, his skin was healed. It was like the skin of a little baby. He was as good as new. 
He then went back to the holy man. He and his entourage stood before him and said, I now know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there is no God anywhere on earth other than the God of Israel in gratitude. In gratitude. Let me bless you. It may not come how you want, but it will end up being what you want. It may not come how you want, but in the end, it will be exactly what you want, and I promise you, it will be more than what you could imagine. We are nowhere near the promise that my wife and I have been impregnated with when it comes to our lives, our family lives, and love quests. But I can say after five years, it's more than what we could imagine. The relationships, the faithful people, the giving. During the pandemic, we gave more than we gave the year before when there was no pandemic. We gave more with less people and not being able to gather than we did when we were able to gather. Every single year, leaps and bounds. Every single year, growing. And we're not a church who just looking, let me tell you, anything that's alive will grow. So we're not attempting to get a bunch of people and bigger to that stuff happens by way of healthy we are after something that will outlive every person in this room right i want i want to celebrate a hundred years anniversary for love quest i won't be here but i know for a fact if there's a group of people that's committed to build something for generations to come, we, I may not be here physically, but I will be in heaven rejoicing. We'll be in heaven rejoicing. The power of God will be with our next generation. And so I say happy anniversary, Love Quest. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for obeying God. Thank you for believing God. Thank you for not quitting. Thank you for sticking to the process. Thank you for tolerating leadership. Thank you for coming Sunday. Thank you for enduring during the pandemic. Thank you. Come on, tell your neighbor, thank you. Every single year we uh, do this biblical thing called first fruits. It is, um, you can go look it up in the word of God. At the top of the year, we want to honor God with our best, with a sacrificial offering that says, God, we're believing. It's two things. First of all, Lord, we thank you for doing, being, and giving everything to us. And then secondly, we're sowing forward to say, God, we're putting everything in your hands this year. And we want to give you our best first. So it's a sacrificial seed. Over the years, we've asked people to sacrifice 
and, and, and head towards and believe for giving $1,000 seed. But for some people, thank God they have a personal conviction. They're like, but that's not my best. That's easy. So we've had people give 10000 25000 15000 We've had people give $50 because that 50 is their best. Only you know what's your best. But as I tell people all the time, there's things you can save for, but there's some things you can only sow for. Sowing is a kingdom principle. Saving, buying, and selling is a worldly principle. But in the kingdom of God, it is sowing and it is reaping. So because not only I'm a sower, but my grandmama was a sower, my mama that's probably watching, she's a sower. So when we go through five months not being able to pay rent because that was on our path to purpose, we see the hand of God move because we have seed in the ground. But also what I love about sowing into God's economy is the return is not just money. But it, it, it's a womb that gets brought to life because you're a sower, right? He doesn't forget all the years you've sown and served and helped other people's churches and other people's children. And although you lost a child, you still remain faithful over the one you had. So God says, I can trust you with a miracle. And so what you got to understand when you sow into God's kingdom, it comes in ways you could never, ever imagine so when you're sitting there being picky and like oh I'm gonna get this because but I can't get that because in 25 years I want to buy this property and God's like I want you to get that property I want you to save up for whatever that's that's being responsible but on the flip side God's saying I want you to trust me because I am going to be the miracle worker. I am going to be the one that will be able to move on man's heart to see you to give you the loan versus the other 20 people or to sell you the house versus whatever it may be. When the doctors give up on you, I'm the one that's going to come through. Right? And so it's God doesn't need our money. He needs our heart. And so wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart will be. And so when we sow what we're telling God, even if we don't want to, if we, when we sow, we're putting our heart in God's hands, not really our money. And so today we have some sacrificial seeds coming up. The way this is going to work, it, and the ushers will um, guide you. Our elders will be here on either table. Um, we will come around first my, my wife and I will, and our family will sow our elders will sow with their families so that they can go back and man these tables and then our worship team will sow um, and you're going to come up here with your family and don't just sow a seed write on the envelope what you're believing for it's also biblical to make vows. So here's, we've done it before. You ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to give? Not what I have. What do you want me to give? 
Lord may say $5,000. You might be like, what? All I got is two, God. He's like, that's okay. So today I'm giving two, and over the next three months, I'm going to give 1000 bucks a month. You write that on the envelope. We're not going to count the vow in the final number, but we will make sure that we are believing for it with you and we'll receive it when you give it. And you be faithful to that vow. Some of you are like, man, all I got is 50 bucks to give and that's a sacrifice. Then you give that like you giving a million dollars, but that same strut, walk up here with the same million dollar strut. Because what you're saying with the 50 is, God, I'm a sower. And if you bring it to me, you could trust me to give it. Understand, there's people in here believing to give bigger every year. How many people in here have a personal desire and prayer? God, if you bless, like, I want to be a bigger sower. I know my family does. So just for a tiny, man, I wish we could unleash some of these testimonies that has happened in this church financially. And it ain't time yet, though. But I... Other day, I was just laying on, on my pillow. I was just tiny little prayer. What, it wasn't even like this super like, hallelujah. it wasn't none of it. It was just super simple son prayer. Like I have the money to sow, but God, bring in the seed for us to give. And I just went on by my business. It was Saturday night. I got a text and I was smiling. I was like, hallelujah. And the worship team, you going to tell us what you got? Heck of nosy. And for the number that we had planned to give, somebody had sold double that. They said, they said, they said, God put me on your heart. And we just wanted to be a blessing. I didn't send out a manipulative text message. <laughs> I didn't send out. I didn't, te- I didn't go online and at nothing. I had the seed to give. And so this is not about what you have or don't have. It's about what you're willing to let God get through you. And some of you may have walked in here today with a certain amount made up in your mind. Just go back and say, Lord, this it. It's yours. For those that don't know, our worship building is next door. We're waiting for our building permit, which they, they emailed us and told us it should be to us top of March. And so next door was our building, our, our, our worship center. This is what you're sitting in is our youth center. And next door is our multimedia center. We're going to be faithful over the space we have. Next door we'll have multimedia. We'll have a really nice state-of-the-art music studio. We'll have a place to do podcasts. We'll have a place to do our commercials and our our, our, our marketing stuff and conference room and all that cool stuff. We'll have kitchen in here so we can do a bunch of things. And next door, we'll have our cafe and we'll have our kitchen and we'll be able to do some great things. And then once these things get built, we'll have after school program. We'll service our community. For those that don't know, right here at this lot, as soon as you walk out, right across the street, like I could throw a rock. Like, and I could do this and hit it. There's several huge condos going up with a little mall and some shop, some stores underneath it, right across the street. Right on the other side next door is going to be another huge condo going up. 
And right over there is huge condo going up in the way we worship. With these, with these draw-up doors, these bay doors, we're not going to have room by the time we get next door, but people for sure can sit on their balcony with their coffee and, and do something a little bit better than stream. But the foot traffic, that God will put us right here. Why am I telling you this? Because your seed is going to impact a up-and-coming hub. It has the highest concentration of immigration and refugees in this refugees in this community right here. So if you want to find a city that looks like Canada, Surrey. And God will put us right in the hub, and it's all kinds of stuff happening in this community. UBC just brought a property down the street. SFU is around the corner. Kwantlen and many others. So when you're sowing, you're sowing into something that God is trying to build because there is something about to happen in this community. BC Lions is right around the corner, a few blocks over. It's on the city's table to build a stadium for 10,000 people with malls and the nightlife around it. And here's this little church rocking out, ready for today's harvest. So as you sow today, you're not just sowing in for us to get a building, you're sowing into ministry. And so we bless your seed. We thank you for giving today. And we are going to do this really quickly. And then we are going to go. And then when you come back next week, I promise you'll be out of here 1130. I promise. All right. <laughs> Father, bless every giver here today. I thank you for their faithfulness. We ask that you just bless Bless their daily affairs, bless their businesses, bless their families. We speak household salvation. Lord, we thank you that this seed represents more than a financial transaction. But Father, this seed represents generations, five generations to come. That you're building something that five generations of revival, five generations of miracles, five generations of power, Father. You're sending families from all over this world into this city. And because of these seeds today, we will be able to be open, available, to equip, to activate gifts, mobilize gifts, to build your church. And so, Father, we just thank you for generosity today. Not just simple giving, but generosity today. And we thank you for all people's obedience today. And Lord, we promise that we will do right with your vision. And this is a house of miracles. This is a house of miracles. And we say thank you, Father. We're sowing into miracles. We're sowing into your faithfulness. We're sowing into your promises. I promise you, Lord, we will not be an irrelevant church. We will not be a compromising church. We will be an essential church. We will be a church that the government calls on when they run out of answers. We will be a place that the government needs to partner with because of the innovative programs that we have for families. Lord, we thank you that we will be a hub of transformation not by power nor by might 
but by your spirit. And we submit our offerings to you, Lord God, today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Elders, you can give. Uh, my family, we could give. And then our worship team is going to, to worship. And uh, what we ask you to do is as you're preparing your seat, if you need an envelope, um, if you're doing a credit card, uh, debit or check, the, the machine is back there in the back. Um, but still turn your offering in, please. Thank you. Amen. Father, we just thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for all the giving. Thank you for all the faithfulness, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, that you would involve us as you build your church. And we just thank you, Lord. And it's not by might nor by power, but by your spirit that we do all that you have called us to do. Bless us as we go, as we come. We declare that we are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field. We're blessed when we come and we're blessed when we go, Lord. Thank you for a week of victory in every area, Lord God, of our lives. We promise to forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We out of time, but we're not out of go. And so until next time, you know what it is. so much for joining us for this week's podcast make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media you can find us on ig and facebook at love quest intl church we out here but you know what it is you know the motto we out of time but we ain't out of jesus so till next time get your love fixed man as soon as we walk in the room everything changed everything changed